Welcome to another episode of 2A to B or not 2A to B. Still on cardiovascular. <laughs> what is it? Sorry. Um, and we're going to talk a bit about cardiac MRIs. All right. All right, all right, all right. Um, so we're actually just going to go through, try and go, make it simple, go through a simple flow chart mm. um, and maybe add a few bits mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to amalgamate. Yep, 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 yep. Um, so the type of uh, MRI that it we're thinking about is a delayed enhancement MRI yep. for cardiac. Mm. Um, and we're going to divide that into ischemic and non-ischemic. Mm-hmm. Ischemic is smaller, so let's mm. get rid of that first. So under ischemic, there's two types of infarct that you're going to see. Yep. Do you know what they are? Acute and chronic? No. It's like how you see it on the image, the extent. Uh, so you, you will see... Like just a sub endo uh, endocardial one yeah. or transmural. Exactly. And they their name is then what's given to the court. So if it's sub endocardial, it's a sub endocardial infarct. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, and with the ischemic ones, that's yeah. when uh your uh, your like non delayed contrast is helpful, right? Well, Maybe what it says here is delight, delayed enhancement. Just what does it say there? First pass contrast there. Pre and post vasodilator stress to evaluate myocardial perfusion. Normal myocardium enhancers, while areas of decreased perfusion will be relatively hypo enhancing, but I think then on delay those become hyper. Corresponds, so you can use that yeah. to say it's ischemic. Yeah, okay, that's very okay. useful. And then um, the reason you have the, the different types is because it extends from subendocardium to the epicardium mm-hmm. in the vascular distribution. Mm-hmm. So essentially it will be a segment of the wall that has either a slither or a full transmural um, enhancement. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then our other branch, other than ischemic, is non-ischemic. And under that we have three um, branches. I'm going to read them and then we're going to talk about them. Mid myocardial, epicardial, and circumferential. Mm-hmm. So um, let's talk about mid myocardial first, and what does that look like? So mid myocardial yeah. is not sub endocardial or sub epicardial. It's in the middle. Exactly. Uh, and you can get. So I know you can get patchy bits. Yeah. And if it's patchy and also can be subendocardial and also can be epicardial, epiendocardial, that can be sarcoid. I remember that one. That was not as patchy, though, I don't think. Oh. All right. You can get... Uh, is the mid one when you get amyloid? And then it's cardiac MRIs cycle we typically choose either mid myocardial or sub epicardial delayed enhancement in a nodular or patchy pattern okay but in these pictures it implies that doesn't matter just keep going that's confused me okay okay but what are the causes maybe uh i don't know i don't have another one you said one of them amyloid Nope. TB? Nope. Don't know. You said sarcoid. And then um, I thought you said another one. But um, sorry, I'm 
whole thing now because I've got confused by this difference. I think sarcoid can be anywhere, essentially. Yeah. But they're differentiating something and we haven't done that in the text and it's really bugging me. Can you see what I mean? No, I can't read it from it. So within the mid-myocardial. Yeah. And they did speak about this in the text, I think. Oh, it's because, um, so hypertrophic is particular as to where it is. Okay. So I think that's just trying to demonstrate to you that it's in a particular area. Diffuse all focuses. In severe cases, in the regions of the hypertrophy. Stop picking up. Okay. Anyways, it's confusing me, but I think let's just put them all in one. So okay. Myocardial, essentially, yep. patchy bits in the mid, myocardial, as it says, causes are dilated cardiomyopathy, myocarditis, sarcoidosis, Chagas disease, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. <laughs> oh, I said Chagas wrong. <laughs> Sorry, in my mind you said Chagas disease, <laughs> and I was like, stop it. And right ventricular pressure overload. Okay. Say this back to me. No. No. Okay. Dilated cardiomyopathy. Uh huh. Chagas. Yeah. Chagas. Right ventricular hypertrophy, pressure dilated overload. pressure yeah. overload, and I didn't get whatever. Hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, sort of similar. Okay. And myocarditis, sarcoidosis. Okay. And then the next one, so a lot of the causes overlap, hmm. is epicardial. What is that describing? Uh, so non ischemic, that is. So the, in the ischemic, we were talking about sub-endocardial. Yeah. This is sort of the other side. Which is oh, excuse me. Sub-epicardial. Exactly. I don't know. Um, so myocarditis, sarcoidosis, and chagas. <laughs> yeah. I've just never heard it said out loud, I don't think. I've never thought it sounds like chagas. <laughs> so they overlap. Yeah. And then finally, the third type of non-ischemic is circumferential. Okay. And again, it's in it. And what causes that? Amyloid. Yes. And? Systemic sclerosis. Yes. And? If you've had a heart transplant. Yes. Nice. Very good. And I think that's enough. Okay. Do you? Yes. Have you got anything to add? I do. Um... Better fit it into my flow chart. Yeah. No, joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One moment, please. Ooh, 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 ooh. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. That's really stressed me, dude. The causes of pericardial calcification. Yeah, I had to Google it as well. Uremic is one that I had not thought about. Um... Okay, this is not done as per pattern, so I don't really want to say things to confuse. That's fine. Uh, But it's done more by kind of non-ischemic versus ischemic causes of heart things. Yeah. Should I run through it? Should I try? Yeah, yeah. It might confuse. So dilated cardiomyopathy, mm-hmm. 
um, is defined as dilatation with an end diastolic diameter greater than 55 millimeters okay. for the discrete decreased ejection fraction. Okay. Can be idiopathic, ischemic, or from a whole list of other random crap. Alcohol is a classic. Okay. Dox- oh, yeah, doxorubicin, cyclosporin, shagas, etc. Um, can you remind me what shagas actually is? Isn't it a parasite? It's there somewhere. Protozoan trip- trypanosoma cruzi. Okay, thank you. Um, if you get the ischemic variety of dilated cardiomyopathy, yeah. you get subendocardial enhancement, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, the idi- idiopathic variety will show either no enhancement or linear mid-myocardial enhancement. Mm-hmm. And what about alcohol and drug? So there's the idiopathic variety. Oh, idiot. As opposed to the ischemic the variety. Does that not mean not knowing? Sure, but I think it. Uh, I think you can get either related to ischemic or idiopathic, or from a whole list of other stuff. And but ischemic looks one way, the and then all the others okay. can look the other way. Um, there is often an association with mitral regurge because you're in the dilated cardiomyopathy. You're getting dilation of that mitral ring. Okay. My dad had dilated cardiomyopathy. Oh, okay. From too much booze. <laughs> so he stopped drinking. Oh, well, uh, well, he now drinks again. <laughs> um, and then the opposite, so you've, got, you've had dilated cardiomyopathy mm-hmm. and now you've got restrictive cardiomyopathy. Okay. Um, this is anything that causes a decrease in diastolic function. Yeah. Um, and it can be the result of the myocardium being replaced by fibrotic tissue in endocardial fibroelastosis. Does... Um... Hypertrophic cardiomyopathy come into that category? No, not the same. Not the same. Um, Because hypertrophic cardiomyopathy doesn't affect diastolic function. Okay. Uh, This is affects diastolic function. So think about amyloidosis um, and think about endocardial fibroelastosis. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So that's the difference. So you get restrictive, which is a myocardial process, and constrictive, which is pericardial. Those are two slightly different things. Amyloid deposits in the myocardium. Um, you get concentric thickening of the left ventricle and reduced systolic function, usually of both ventricles. Seen in 50% of cases of systemic amyloid. Has a terrible prognosis. You sometimes can see late gadolinium enhancement over the entire subendocardial circumference. An amyloid classic scenario is a long T1 is needed T1 will be so long that the blood pool may be darker than the myocardium. The buzzword is difficult to suppress myocardium. Okay. Um, what did you say? You've got restrictive and what was the other one? So you've got restrictive and constrictive. Okay. Restrictive is when uh, you... Oh, I worked this out the other day and now I can't remember. Constrictive is when you're... It's like a pericardial process. Mm-hmm. So your heart cannot... Is constricted it cannot function cannot yeah. open and close okay. properly yeah. whereas restrictive is the actual muscle itself is stiff okay as opposed to being held um, if that makes yeah. sense yeah which is constricted um, yeah there's something here i want to tell you about which is eosinophilic cardiomyopathy mm-hmm. loffler's oh we've heard of loffler yeah we read about that in this um we've heard of loffler in uh I think it was aortic stuff. No, I think it was something about lymph nodes. Uh, 
was it oh was it in Lung? In... yeah i think it was in Lung. because <gasps> i said a swedish man's running away and i can't remember why i said that yeah it was in thoracic you're right mm. we'll have to go back and listen <laughs> how bad uh, no 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 it was when we were talking about is an pneumonias yeah it was the first one the acute one was loveless and then you had a chronic very nice. Very nice. I remember that. So anyway, eosinophilic cardiomyopathy, Loeffler, you get bilateral ventricular thrombus is the classic buzzword. And you need a long T1 to show the thrombus. Um, can you think of any reasons for a constrictive pericarditis? Something surrounded. So causes. Amyloid? No. Why, what's constricting it? So what's the cause of pericarditis? Inflammation. Yeah, why? Infection. Which ones? Uh, which infections? Uh, oh, like endocarditis type of stuff, isn't it? Mm, pericarditis. Um, TB. TB, thank you. Um, it says here, historically, the, this used to be TB or viral, but actually now the most common cause is iatrogenic, secondary to cabbage or radiation. Okay. Um, on CT, the pericardium's too thick, um, and if it's calcified, that's diagnostic. Uh, you get something called a diastolic bounce, um, which is when the ventricular septum moves towards the left ventricle in a wavy pattern whatever i'm just saying that because it's in bold uh yeah di this diastolic septal bounce is classic for constrictive pericarditis pericarditis okay. or cardiomyopathy okay. rather okay oh okay um which is the like sequelae of oh, a constrictive yeah. pericarditis yeah. right um myocarditis um, is inflammation of the heart that can come from lots of causes. So Coxsackie is a classic. Okay. My friend got that when she was training for the London Marathon. Um, yeah, she's got, yeah. She got myocarditis. Disaster. Um, the late gadolinium enhancing shows a non-vascular distribution, preferring the lateral free wall. The pattern will be epicardial or mid-wall, not sub-endocardial. Yeah, well, we have it in We've our mid-endocardial or our epicardial. Thank you. So what does it say? Not endocardial, yeah. Not sub-endocardial. Yeah, well, for us, we have that in the screenplay, so whatever. This is a myocarditis thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've got we that in there. In happy, happy. Um, sarcoid? Yeah. Again, it's in our non-ischemic. Yeah. And it's the same two categories. Very nice. So here, um, have you got any idea of how many people with sarcoid have cardiac involvement percentage? Quite a lot. No. 5%. Oh. <laughs> um, but it's associated with an increased risk of death. Yeah. Signal in both T2 and early gadolinium, as well as late enhanced phase, late gadolinium, will be increased. So signal in T2 and contra early contrast and late contrast is increased. Late GAD pattern can be middle and epicardial in a non-coronary distribution. You will also probably see focal wall thickening from edema that can mimic hypertrophic cardiomyopathy and often involves the septum. And then my favourite one, which is the octopus, pot 
Did you read about this? No. This is Takasubo. Is that in here? Uh, it's somewhere. So um, a taco is an octopus and a subo is a pot. It's a Japanese octopus pot. I love that. Yeah, so takasubo cardiomyopathy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's oh. because it looks like that. No, coming up to it. Oh, why. sorry, sorry. Mm-hmm. It's because it, this is, then tells me about its enhancement. It's fine. Yeah. No, that's... Is that it? Yeah. Catecholamine. It's yeah. stressed ladies, yeah. Um, this is the ballooning of the left ventricular apex, yeah, but you don't get there. any delayed enhancement. No delayed enhancement. I'll say that again. Okay, thank you. Uh, oh, it's seen in postmenopausal women after they break up with their boyfriend. But I mean, it's actually more key postmenopausal because it's estrogen related, and I think they're developing new treatments where you <laughs> give estrogen and it goes away. I feel like I'm going to get Takasubi. <laughs> I go through heartbreak really badly. <laughs> it's such a like sweet thing. It's horrible. I mean, not nice. Um, that's what I've really got about. Oh, I've got some genetic conditions. So I had to on this patient with Takotsubu. I was scanning for AMLs. No, I think I was. So now I'm wondering, did she also have something else? Or what was it? What's the relationship? So let me just check in case. I'm going to read you some buzzwords yeah. while you're doing it. You get uh, for in Takasubo's cardiomyopathy, you get transient akinesia or dyskinesia of the left ventricular apex without coronary stenosis and ballooning of the left ventricular apex. No delayed enhancement. Um, the, the shape of the heart is similar to Japanese octopus pot. Yeah. Have you ever seen an octopus pot? Um, Google it because it looks exactly like that. Okay. And I got thrilled that I knew a new Japanese word, which is taco. <laughs> Wait, taco is the octopus? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then tsubo is the pot. Yeah. So like barrel shaped. Yeah. Um, do you want to hear some bits and crack the call about ischemic heart disease that are not in there? Yeah. How much time have we got? We're on eighteen. Should I run you through some key yeah. words because yeah. it's got some nuclear medicine in it and I know you love <laughs> a bit of that. Um, myocardial infarction typically. Why does it happen? Lack of oxygen. Why? Coronary arteries. What happens in them? So it's normally when you get rupture of an unstable coronary plaque um, that leads to an abrupt arterial occlusion. It says here, the wave front of necrosis always starts sub-endocardial and progresses to the sub-epicardium. I know we said this, but hold on, because it then gets a bit confusing. The ischemic necrosis will affect not just the myocardium, but also the blood vessels. The destruction of small capillaries will not allow contrast to the area of the injury. Mm-hmm. This is called microvascular obstruction and manifests, we're oh, not going to like this, mm-hmm. and manifests as islands of dark signal 
in an ocean of delayed enhancement. No, I like that. Makes sense. So you're getting dark spots. Yeah, because there's no that that's the capillaries mm. within the delayed enhancement because of the ischemia. Yeah. But they are not letting contrast through. Yeah, there is some contrast around. Okay. Um, the presence of microvascular obstruction is in an independent predictor of death and adverse left ventricular remodeling. Okay. So to know about. There's some vocab here that I've never heard of. Great. Something called a stunned myocardium. Any thoughts? A little stunned, a little shocked. Yes, a little shacked. So this is after an acute ischemic injury mm -hmm. or a reperfusion injury. Mm -hmm. And you get dysfunction of the myocardium. Reperfusion injury, it means sort of while they're doing another procedure. I don't actually know what a reperfusion injury is. Sorry, carry on, um, you get dysfunction of the myocardium that persists even after restoration of blood flow and can last days to weeks. Perfusion study is normal, but the contractility of the myocardium is impaired. So apparently when the blood supply returns to the Is it because you've got all the cytokines built up? It causes tissue damage. Because that, that tissue has been dying, so then you're letting all that toxic stuff into the blood and like moving it along. Yeah, so the absence of oxygen and nutrients from the blood during the ischemic period creates a condition in which the restoration of circulation results in inflammation and oxidative damage. Okay. Induction of oxidative stress rather than restoration of the normal function. So there's no blood supply. You give it blood supply that causes inflammation and stress. Yeah. And that's done, isn't it? Okay. You can get a hibernating myocardium, <laughs> which is more chronic. Which essentially gives up or well, so it's the result of severe coronary artery disease. Mm -hmm. So you get chronic hypoperfusion mm -hmm. and you get areas of decreased perfusion and decreased contractility even when resting. Mm -hmm. It's not an infarct. On an FDG PET, this tissue takes up tracer more intensely than the normal myocardium and also demonstrates redistribution of thallium. This is oh god, I've forgotten all the thallium gallium things you're speaking about. Oh. We'll work it out in the questions, don't worry. Yeah. Um hibernating myocardium is reversible with revascularization. It's just hibernating, you can wake it up. Okay. And then a scar is dead myocardium and it doesn't contract. So you have abnormal wall motion, it will not come back with revascularization. Mm -hmm. Happy? Yeah, I, they're just words. I'll just no, say them and then we might I listen. I like that way of describing it. Yeah. Um, I feel like all of this is nonsense. Okay. I feel like we can stop there. Great.